Welcome out there to another awesome episode of The Album Argument. I'm Ryan. I'm Jeremy. And we are so happy to have you with us today as we discuss a classic album. Jeremy, take it away. Yes. Uh, so we are discussing an album that I've been holding on to for a while. It, it kind of it keeps going around and around. Revolving? Revolving around and in my mind. And it's uh, none other than Revolver by... The Beatles. The Beatles. The Beatles. The bite. The bagels. The ba- <laughs> the bagels. Yes. The bagels. The bagels. Yes. Would you like some cream cheese? I would. Uh, that would actually be interesting. Maybe a cover band. The bagels. That would be cool. I don't know. Trademark us. Yes. Trademark us. So, anyways, uh, the uh, Revolver album came out in August of 1966. 1966. We were just we little ads. No, we were we weren't even around. We weren't even around. Like not even close. Yeah, so I believe our parents were, uh, let's say, high school esque, middle school, high school. My right? dad was six. My mom was seven. <laughs> so I think my parents were, yeah, hitting high school. Just hitting high school. I think my dad might have been towards the end of high school. So it's just an album that I've listened to for a while. I've had the CD. I never had it on vinyl, but I've had it on CD for, I don't know, a good twenty years, probably. Oh, nice. Fifteen, twenty years. Uh, a few episodes ago, you talked about, I can't remember what episode, but you talked about, you know, asking somebody what is the album or what song to listen to for a certain artist. And it's, you know, the one that everybody kind of thinks about Yeah, and it's not necessarily always that one. Right. So Correct. for the Beatles, a lot of people think of the white album. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I, and when I think of them, I think of the white album. Yeah. And it's, uh, the white album just, it has a lot of songs and it's a cool album. It just... It's a little long for me, and I don't know. This this is more of a cohesive, full album. It was pretty substantial in, let's say, the recording and the, the production of albums at the time, that it had an influence um, that we weren't around for, but at least it did influence a lot of people. And so I just go back to this album. Even nowadays, it kind of stands out from the other albums. I think, I think some people would also argue that this is like a brother or sister album to Rubber Soul. Yeah, so Rubber Soul was a year or so before. Uh, just kind of take it into consideration of today's artists who take, what, two, three, four Sometimes years? Sometimes longer. To release an album. So, you know, the days of the 60s, 50s, 60s, maybe even 70s of releasing an album of year. Yeah, maybe they were even pumping more than one. Yep. So, yeah, Rubber Soul was a year before this, and then Sgt. Pepper's was right after this. Yep. So, Sgt. Pepper's has always had... The, um, I don't know, kind of, if there, if it's not the White Album, then it's Sgt. Pepper's is kind of the first concept album and kind of pushing the envelope. And over the years, kind of reading into this album, reading back into this album, Sgt. Pepper's has always been at the top of a lot of lists, but over the last like 20, 30 years, Revolver has kind of, yep. let's say, overtaken it or just gone. I would say so. N- you know, neck and neck with it. So anyway, so uh, it was the, the Beatles' seventh album at the time. Um, it was a they had a double A side, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's neat. Double A side. You don't Eleanor, see that very often. Rigby and Yellow Submarine, which is an interesting tune. Yep, that we'll come back to. Yep. Uh, let's see. Of course, it was produced by the great George Martin and recorded by 19 year old engineer Jeff Emmerich. Now, if we back up for a second, when you said uh, about a minute ago, you said that this. 
this recording process was it took elements of other things in the, or whatnot. What were you saying about that? It was just starting to push the envelope of recording techniques. So yeah. there's actually a book written by Jeff Emmerich, and I would suggest it. And we can get into that a little bit more, but he talks about that in his book. If we rewind to our Beach Boys episode, we discussed how the Beach Boys and the Beatles were kind of in a competition with each other. Am I correct? Yeah, 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 exactly. So would you um, say some of the production was you know, going up against pet sounds here. Yeah. Yeah. And actually in, in particular, the song here, there and everywhere, there's a note that it was possibly, possibly, let's say it influenced, um, uh, God only knows influenced Paul McCartney to write here, there and everywhere. Oh, there you go. So, and it kind of went back and forth. Right. So, and then, uh, God only knows they did pet sounds and then kind of influenced the Beach Boys and then they did kind of some smile and good vibrations and then yep. it influenced them back and forth. So yeah, it was a good time for music. Very nice. I say. So all right, take it away, Jay. What what else can you tell us about this record? Uh, there's a lot of cool things. It was nominated for Album of the Year. It lost to Frank Sinatra at that time, um, but don't worry, Sgt. Pepper's won the next year for the Beatles. So. Okay. They didn't win Best Album for this one. They did win a Grammy for Best Album Cover. And I do want to mention that. It is a pretty cool album cover. It is. So um, check that out. I know it's really tiny on your phone or your device as you're listening. Look at the album cover. It's kind of cool. It's got all their faces and different versions of it. And it's very artistic, you know. It, it is. Uh, let's see. Yeah, and I just think it's it's cool. It's great. Um, I kind of think of a lot of the other Beatles albums do this as well, but the vocals, some say the term revolver might be um, that their vocals kind of revolve throughout the album. So oh. if you see that's like one vocalist, it's maybe Harrison and then McCartney and then Lennon. And Harrison's only three times, so yeah. it's kind of Lennon, McCartney, Lennon, McCartney. So it kind of revolves. With a little star in there as well. I don't know. It's a cool title, Revolver. They had a whole bunch of other working titles. I'm glad they settled with Revolver. That's cool. And uh, it's got a lot of great tunes. Uh, side one was Tax Man through She Said, She Said, and then Good Day Sunshine through Tomorrow Never Knows. So yep. Ryan Stroud, 14 songs, Revolver and the Beatles. I know I, I, I wanted to give this to you because... We've talked about the Beatles. I'll go ahead and say reasons why I wanted to give this to you. I think it's their best album. The one at least I like to listen to the most. And I'm really interested to hear your take. Before we get into that, what is the famous joke about drummers and songs? Uh, drummer comes to the band and says, hey, guys, I wrote a song. Oh, yeah, like famous last words. Yeah, famous something. last words, something along those lines. Yeah, what did the drummer say before he was kicked out? Yeah, there we go, there we go. Yeah, hey, guys, let's try one of my songs. Yeah. And now yeah. you... Yeah. And I yeah. apologize also right now. Sorry, one quick note. You might have heard some ice cubes in the back. So we're in the midst of uh, ice coffee season. So it is ice sorry. coffee season. Yeah. Got the whole family drinking ice coffee. Oh, yeah. Too. Yeah, so. my family came over, and uh, they are at the pool with Jay's wife yeah. and kids, and they're all, yeah, yeah, we're all drinking iced coffee right now. So if you are a coffee supplier out there and you'd like to sponsor us, hit us up. Happy to, yes. So yeah. that, that was a short, you know, PSA for coffee. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so drummer, so oh, yeah. is, that a, is that a clue to what you think about that this is, album? That is a clue to what I think about this album a little bit. Uh, first off, I just want to ask, uh, I, I, I know Rolling Stone has released those essential albums of all time, and I, to my understanding, Revolver is always in the top 10. Am I wrong yeah, in that? Yeah, I, I don't have any numbers. I, I was thinking of putting those down. I, I didn't write them down, but in those... 
lists, yes, Revolver has also crept up. You know, it's Sgt. Yeah. Pepper or Revolver, and over the last few years, maybe Revolver's overtaken. So I've seen Revolver listed as number one. I've seen it listed as number six. I've seen it listed in a few different spots. And I honestly have to say, I do not understand why. Interesting. Um, you talked about the production of this. To me, the production on this is not very good. Uh, I, the one thing I do like is, is how everything is spaced. The, to me, this is a headphone album, meaning if the best way to listen to it is on headphones, cause you can hear it like kind of like takes you in a little bit. Or if you have a surround sound situation, you can hear things on the left, on the right. I don't feel like this album was produced very well. And that's, you know, I'm sorry. Cause I can see the frown on your face no, right now. No, that's and, uh, fine. It's interesting. I, well, let's say we've also talked a lot about does it stand the test of time? No. And I remember getting into recording music, let's say 20 years ago, and thinking, okay, well, I, I need to learn how to not make it like the Beatles. So yeah. just kind of funny enough, not knowing, you know, uh, on the outside, if you do listen to the Beatles now, it's kind of hard to listen to some of it, right? Because some of it's all panned one side, yeah. any 60s music, and everything's panned the other side. In those days, they were also kind of discovering stereo. Oh, totally. And a lot of it was mixed in mono. And actually, some of these mixes are much better in mono yeah. than stereo. I know you're talking about surround. And yes, surround's cool and all that. But so, some of it, if if there is a production element, I would say, if anybody's questioning that, maybe listen in mono. Yeah, no, that's and that's that's very good advice. Uh, I, I, I would like to, if this album could have been recorded today, I'd be very interested in how it would have turned out. Does that Auto, make sense? Auto-tuned. Oh, all? totally. <laughs> auto-tuned all the way <laughs> Woo! Uh, so let me talk first about the songs that i liked versus the songs i did not like if that's okay with you sure uh the album starts off strong and you know i've talked about it a ton lately the importance of opening tracks tax man is a great song really enjoyed it it was good she said she said really cool song as well uh good day sunshine to me is more of a eh, you know it's there it's fine it's <laughs> not bad but like and i know a lot of people love that song and I just, you know, what? good for them. I think I would just jump in to say it's very Beatles-esque. It like is if there's very other Beatles. artists now that have that sound, when they play that way, like a Ben Folds or somebody, I go, that sounds like the Beatles. For yeah. whatever reason. Like even we did uh, recently Billy Joel. Yep. I said he has some Beatles elements. And oh, like, yeah, totally. Kind of Good Day Sunshine I see show up. So it's kind of, I don't know, it's just kind of uplifting. It's not the best song, I agree, but it is happy. Got to Get You Into My Life was a cool little jam. I enjoyed that very much. Uh, but if I had to pick my song that I felt like was the very best overall, it, it was hard. Taxman definitely was up there. I would say Taxman is my honorable mention. But if I had to pick the song that I felt like was the best out of everything, it was For No One. And in her eyes you see nothing. No sign of love behind the tears Cried for no one A love that should have lasted years You want her, you need her And yet you don't believe her When she says her love is dead You think she needs you It to me is a very Baroque song meaning it's got this very cool classical feel to it. I feel like this is a song that Mozart could have written and they just rearranged and put lyrics to it. And for that, I compliment them. I, I think that that's a great tune, very well written. I love the solo and it's really cool. Ba, 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 you know, really neat song. Um, just overall good track. I like that one a lot. Now, uh, as for what I don't like, 
I'm going to start with Eleanor Rigby. And I want to first preference by saying it's not the Beatles' fault. This goes to our orchestra teacher growing up. We used to have to, I don't know if you had to, but when I was in orchestra at Duluth, we had to play Eleanor Rigby all the time for these Pops concerts. Oh, uh, I don't remember that as much. Maybe oh we did, gosh. but yeah. Not, uh, or my, the symphonic orchestra that I was a part of did, because you were a part of like the high high orchestra, and I was in like the mid-tier. Gotcha. Oh, so, uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It, that's interesting to think that way. I would say the modern equivalent I've heard is Viva La Vida. Oh, gosh, yes. That's all the orchestras are doing nowadays. But yep. anyways. I could see that. I could totally see that. But playing Eleanor Rigby over and over and over again had the Adelie effect for me, meaning it just... It, it took a good song and made it into something else. Now, that's not the worst song, in my opinion, on this album. It's just the one that sticks out the most to me. Love You Too. You know how there's... What's a a kind way of putting this is, you know how some people have instruments that they just don't like? Things that they don't care for, sounds, stuff like that. There's people that like clean-sounding guitars and do not like distorted-sounding guitars. You know? I personally do not like the sound of a sitar. It's nothing personal. It's... I have nothing against it. I like Middle Eastern music. I like different sounds from it, but for some reason, sitars do not sit well with me. That's why I picked this one. So this is your pick. Just to clarify, so you said yeah. Eleanor Rigby was like honorable mention for for the worst, but worst. It, but that would not being the fault of the band. That's right. that's my own life and preference and stuff. If I can honestly say, Eleanor Rigby is actually a very good song, but I have the Adelia effect. So then, love you too. That's is, the worst. That's the worst. That okay. is the worst. I just it does not work in my opinion. It okay. doesn't fit the album in my opinion. That's a Harrison track. Yeah, it is. And I love George Harrison. In fact, uh, it's funny. I was talking to my daughter about it. Like his album, All Things Must Pass, it's a great double album. It's a great record. I love that. And it's got a lot of stuff on it that I'm not a fan of, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's still overall really good. I know George Harrison's a great writer. Just look at Taxman, the only Beatles song or Beatles album to open with a George Harrison song. And sure. it's a great, great song. Yeah, and the other one down, uh, track 12, is I Want to Tell You. That's that's a pretty good rocker. That's more guitar-driven at, near the end of the album. That's another Harrison. On this no. one. No? I mean, yeah, no, that's not on there would, for me. I would say, I mean, it's it's better than Love You Too. It's better than that, but, you know. And then, of course, you've got Yellow Submarine. But I'm, I'm not... I'm not going to get into that. That's not worth my time. That's not worth your time? No. Well, we've got all the time. In the podcast format, I mean, we can keep going. We, we could go forever. We could go. I don't know many people I don't listen want to, to offend our listeners because I know there's a lot of people that listen to us. And I'm, first off, thank you to everybody who listens to us. You guys are amazing. Uh, thank you for all the comments you've been leaving us, the album suggestions, everything. You guys are great. 
I don't want to offend people too badly by saying that this is not for me. It's not for me. I will not be buying this record. I will not have anything to do with this record ever again, probably. If it comes on, if I hear certain songs from this on the radio or something, cool, I'll listen to it, but I'm not going to search this record out anymore. To me, the Beatles are overrated. I believe that they did a lot of stuff to, to, to help music to where it is today. I don't think they invented anything new, though, because a lot of stuff that they pulled from you can find in classical music, in my opinion. There's a lot of people right now yelling at their radio saying, that's not true, blah, blah, blah. That's great. Good for you. That's my opinion. And I know it's not going to be well-liked and received. No, you're, 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 uh, you can have your wrong opinion, but uh, as we say here. Um, I am wrong. No, I will we, give you that. You know, uh, agree to disagree. You're trying to teach our uh, kids about that, you know, and in, in today's climate to not get too political. You know, we're, we're trying to raise yeah. good kids that they can have their own opinions and don't, yeah. ha- don't hate the other person because somebody has a different opinion. Than and you. I don't hate them at all. I yeah. do not hate the Beatles. Uh, there was a time where I, I heavily disliked the Beatles. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. It wasn't because of them. It was because of other people who liked the Beatles. And I'm like, I would look at them and be like, really? Like, uh, they were the kind of people that I just could not get into. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it wasn't the Beatles fault. So I won't hold it against you also personally for not liking them. That's fine. But I, I would just give it to the Beatles in terms of the artists that were around in that time going from, I call it nothing to something, right? Okay. Because a lot of, I mean, if you interview any artist today, if there's a common theme throughout their influences, it's generally the Beatles. Yes. Right. And it might be like Elvis and and in the rock realm, but even in the non-rock realm, it could be the Beatles, right? You are correct, yes. So before the Beatles, though, you know, they had the 50s rockabilly explosion and they had Elvis. But before that, I just kind of put myself in their shoes and thinking they had classical, they had big band. Like they were not drawing on as much as nowadays when we listen to music, we can listen to say, okay, well, like if I'm producing something for somebody, I say, okay, let's, oh, okay, that song kind of sounds like, or this song that we're creating, let's do the feel of this Beatles song, plus the feel of that song and the snare of this song and this, and we can fuse it all together. Yeah. And so I give the Beatles a lot of credit and any artists around that time and kind of coming back to the the main idea is that they weren't working with as much as what we work with now. So I do True. give the Beatles credit that of the bands from that era, the Beatles have a big catalog, yes. one of the largest catalog that we're still listening to for the most part. They're not perfect songs. They're not potentially the best songs, right? Some would say yesterday, right? It's covered like yeah. more than anything. That's one song, for example, a colleague of mine in uh, uh, Houston I used to teach with, he would play the mono mix of that, mm. which always sounded much better than the stereo. Because yeah. I, I actually spent that. time on the mono, and then the stereo was just like a gimmick. Like uh, like today, we do Dolby Atmos mixes. Yeah. Now, people do spend time on that, but there's also some who say with the Dolby Atmos, it's just like the intern that throws stuff around. And so people complain about that. It's like, well, because they didn't spend enough time. Any sidetrack. I give it to the Beatles because they weren't working with a lot. They, they've created classic melodies that just get stuck in my head. They put all these instruments together. They were pushing the, the boundaries and it, it's still listened to. I will fully agree with you there. You're 100% correct. And they were very creative. I just, it's not for me. And as much as I love the Beach Boys, there's the the Beatles' catalog. It's got more meat to it than yeah, the Beach Boys. I, I, yeah, oh, that's a definite. Like yes. I, I might prefer the Beach Boys just because I like their sound and the harmonies and things like that. But the Beatles had so many different 
mm-hmm. avenues and maybe having all four writers. Well, three writers, I guess. Yeah. Ringo didn't really write, but four singers, let's say, <laughs> but three writers. So, um, Ringo's that being back said, there going, hey, yeah. that's not funny, you guys. He's signing all, right. <laughs> so, I, I understand because the Beatles aren't for everybody, but I think it's not a Michael Jackson, but the Beatles are... True. In a way, some a group that you know kids can listen to. Mm-hmm. Maybe young adults of today. I don't know. Do your kids listen to the Beatles? My children, no. And and it's, it's I'm not just saying this because she's my daughter. But I've had this conversation with with my daughter Reagan, who was on the a couple episodes or was on an episode with us uh, a few episodes back. And she, without any kind of intervention from me does not like the Beatles, feels like they're very pretentious and overplayed and overdone. Now, of course, I'm looking at her going, that's my girl. But, you know, I, part of me feels like, part of me feels like as a music teacher, as someone who appreciates music, I should be liking the Beatles more. And it's not that they don't have good songs. There are plenty. I could have an, a full album of Beatles songs that I do enjoy. I'm just not huge into them. I, I don't think that everything they did was great. I don't understand why this album is so highly regarded. There's To me, there's nothing that stands out on this record as being revolutionary. And that's just my opinion. Yeah, so. and it doesn't have to be revolutionary to like it, though. True. And for it to be good, I'm just but trying to, to stand to get up that, for it. No, and, and that's totally fair. But to, to think about how high this album is regarded... You know, I, I would t- literally, we, we mentioned it before, Beatles Wine Album. To me, that pushes more buttons and boundaries. So why is this one, like, going back and forth with that one? I, I, I will, you'll never be able to convince me, you know. But, you know, it's it's just, that's just the way it is. I mean, it, some things resonate with us, some don't. There's been albums that I've given you that I've so badly in my heart wanted you to absolutely love. And you didn't, and that's fine. I still love you. Uh, and I know that I, I, I'm guessing, and without you being direct and saying so, I'm guessing you wanted me to really like this one. Not necessarily. I just wanted your input on it. You okay. Know? Uh, and we haven't done a Beatles album yet. That's and, true. Uh, well, I think we've also held out on that because it's one of those things. Like, yeah. It's, which one to choose. Yeah. And, well, and every music podcast out there does their Beatles thing. So for the time and at the time, I guess just to go and throw what it kind of, the boundaries that it did push. Um, oh, can I throw this in here? Yeah, go for it. I should go ahead because throw it. You've already played the two that I agree with. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, I, hold so, on. Sorry Pump to talk. Brakes. Everybody's thinking brakes. like, what is, what does Jeremy think? So, okay. First and foremost, I should go to, I agree with you on four. No one. Is the best song. Are you serious? Yeah, out of Dude. all of them. Dude. Okay, so. And then the worst song this. is Love You Too. It's crazy. So you don't like it, and I do like it, and we both agree. It's hilarious. I'm like, I was smiling over here as we were playing that. So oh, I should go ahead and say that. I I'm will play. sorry. Like, that's great. Like, it, but it, I think that's cool because it shows the power of the music that is on here. That two totally different spectrums, and we can still appreciate something collectively. Yeah, and it was difficult to kind of choose from those, um, and I'll get to that in a moment. But I agree. So nice. I can't play anything at the moment. I'll play some honorable mentions. We'll, in a second. we'll have to do a little tax man then. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, what it was pushing at the time, it was getting into four track recording. It was getting away from okay, we need to record something that we will play live. The Beatles are getting towards the end of their touring yeah. career. So they were pushing the envelope in terms of 
uh, studio experimentation. Tomorrow Never Knows, a lot of people like that. It's not my favorite song necessarily, the last track. Gotcha. Um, but it has a lot of tape loops. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the days, in today's time, and I see this maybe, unfortunately, the Beatles, in my opinion, Beatles falling out of favor with current technology and current listening listeners, let's say, because it's just a push of a button. Yeah to do this, reverse this. And that's why I tell my students, okay, in the days of tape, you'd have to flip the tape over and do this and do this other tape machine. So uh, tape loops, so you'd actually, you know, run a tape and kind of tape it to itself and do a whole loop. So if you yep. listen to the last track, it's got some of that. Uh, reverse effects. Um, so what is it? Uh, and I'm Only Sleeping has like a backwards guitar solo. Oh. It's pretty cool. So there's actually, uh, I, I, it was played intentionally, some say, to sound that way. So it was played backwards with the thought and intention of knowing how it would sound played backwards, flipped so in time. I will at least applaud that because when I listen to it, I listen to this multiple times, as I always say, I, you know, I don't just form an opinion after once. I could not tell if it was reversed or if it was played that way. So I, I will applaud them on that. So that's both. awesome. It's literally both. Yeah. So that's they cool. were thinking, okay, it's going to be this way. Um, and the name is escaping back masking, some call it, yeah. I think that's what it is. And, uh, but I, I even stole that technique. So at the time, about 10 years ago, I was reading the book by Jeff Emmerich here, there and everywhere. And he talks about a lot of the techniques. He was only 19 years old as, as he, uh, recorded this, which is crazy also. Are you serious? So he got out of high school and he told his counselor at the time, he, he oh yeah, I'd like to get into this. And they got him some internship, maybe somewhere else, but I think right into Abbey road and working there and the rest is history. Okay, so, that's impressive. So George Martin at the time was the older kind of fatherly figure. And so in his book, he talks about how there might, or others, maybe readings too that I've done that he was relating to the Beatles a little bit more because they weren't 19 at the time, but yeah. he was closer to their age and they would say, let's try this. And he would kind of just jump in and do it. So, I mean, talk about perfect timing. Yeah, seriously. Being there. And so he was able, he worked on some of the previous albums, the last couple of years before that, but then this was the one that he took over. And so uh, a lot more close micing. So all these things that we take for granted nowadays. So I guess maybe from a production side, from my side, that's why I appreciate it, that close micing, getting the mics closer to the instruments. You mean close like this? <laughs> hey, get, get a little further away from that. No, Sorry. just kidding. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, more compression. So making it just sound bigger and li livelier, things like that. So um, using the studio tools, kind of abusing them on purpose, which we all do nowadays, gotcha. they were kind of pushing that envelope. And maybe he was doing it without kind of knowing. Um, the story too goes that in Abbey Road days, like to move a microphone, you'd have to call somebody in a lab coat and come move the microphone. When nowadays <laughs> you just move it closer and move it further away. And they were all about, no, we don't want to damage the mics. You don't want to get too close. And there were some fragile mics, but um, that's what I appreciate. So it was giving a sound and then it started to influence others and then it influenced others and influenced others. So nowadays you listen to it and I agree. And that's why I wanted to give it to you and younger listeners out there, you know, will it stand the test of time or will it just kind of fall by the wayside saying it sounds old? Well, now I feel bad for saying that I did not like the production. No, but if it doesn't stand the test of time, then it still doesn't do a good job. Okay, I'll at least okay, I'll at least do this. I applaud the efforts that were put into it. That's that's actually quite fascinating and really interesting. And you have changed my mind on that. However, I don't think it stood the test of time. Yeah. So read here, there, and everywhere, which is the one of the songs, one of the good, go. best songs on this album. That was a book by Jeff Emmerich, and uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool track. And Very book. good. So right now, I'll go ahead and play Here, There, and Everywhere. Nice. Why not? To lead a better life. 
So, you know, it's a little bit more classic, kind of more 50s, early 60s sound. Yeah. Right. Because I went back and forth this one and actually she said, she said, and then for no one. So I'll just say here, there, and everywhere. It's got some nice, sweet lyrics. I think it was even played in like a Friends episode at one time. Yeah. It's like the big wedding or something. But um, I don't think it stands against For No One. So For No One has that nice upfront vocal. You hear Paul. uh, Very similar songs in my mind. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I I agree. For No One, much, it's just awesome. It's a great bass line, things like that. But here, there, and everywhere is another, let's say, uh, honorable mention. May I also point out that I support the Oxford comma? And feel like that there should be a comma after the word there, here, comma, there, comma, and everywhere. Oh, yeah, that's funny. So I agree with you because on Spotify they don't, but then in my notes I added the comma. Exactly, because that's the way it should be. <laughs> Come on, be. Beatles, get on it. That's the way it should be. So, um, yeah, so that's a great love song. There's tons of great love songs. Um, she Said, She Said, that's my other honorable mm-hmm. mention. I think that's for a, great a rocker. One. So, great it's like, rocker. It's like a psychedelic, trippy love song. Yeah. So, and the lyrics don't stand against all these other tracks. Correct. The lyrics are like five lines. Yeah. I'm speaking <laughs> hyperbole, but it's it's very short. So, it's a rocker, um, just not as developed. So, that's why I couldn't choose that. But that's, I think, initially when I listened to this 20 years ago, that was always my favorite. Yeah. All and right. now I just respect For No One. For No One kind of brings a tear to my eye. Yeah, it does. Um, kind of reminds me, you know, breakups in high school. You want her, you need her, and yet you don't believe her when she says her love is dead. You think she needs you. Yeah, I mean, you that's think. it. That's. I mean, you want her to love you. Yeah. Gets you in the feels, doesn't it, Jay? Your day breaks, your mind aches. There will be times when all the things she said will fill your head. Right, you won't forget her. You're going to have to stop or I will start crying. <laughs> no, it's very beautifully written. Sorry. So, yeah, that's that, it's funny, again, that we agree on For No One. That's um, awesome. We have been on a roll with that late, literally the past couple episodes. I know. Guys, we have not planned this at all. This yeah. Everything we do is live with each other. So Yeah, we try to hold all... Thoughts, comments, yeah. everything from each other. Yeah, we might send a text saying just confirming something. Like we have yeah. an album coming up that only has, what, five or six songs? Five we songs. Go, are you sure it was that one? And we did the four-song <laughs> yeah. Brick Bomb a while ago. I go, are you sure it's only this? It's only got song? four songs, dude. <laughs> but so we're not trying to lead anything by that, but that's the most that we'll say. Now, nah, all right, so let's let's finish off this episode with hearing the classic George Harrison song, Tax Man. One, two, three, four, <laughs> one, two. Let me tell you how it will be There's one for you, 19 for me Cause I'm the tax man Yeah, so they were definitely limited at that point. So yeah. we're talking during the, let's say, the listening break that, you know, everything's panned one side, yeah. kind of got vocals. So they were limited. In today's time, it they would were. sound nice and full. It And it would. And, and to that, uh, I, I do understand that technology has greatly shifted. And this would be, that's why I said earlier, I would like to hear how this would be recorded now. Yeah. 
Or so. I would say mono. That's when or, you go, yeah. go back to mono and listen to that. Like I have the yeah. Pet Sounds re-release it when we did Pet Sounds, and it's still that's right. That's it's right. Still produced and still pushed in mono because that's the ones that they really spent yeah. the time on. So I would say Revolver. Everybody out there, listen to that. Um, yeah, they're just great love songs, great melodies. Um, they, I think they hit it out of the park. I think there's something for everybody. Nice. The kids with Yellow Submarine on this. There's love songs. There's sad songs. There's kind of get you up songs. Got to get you in my life. And I, I, I definitely will look at this from a different perspective. However, again, I will not s- search out this record. That's if it okay. if it happens to be on and I'm around, that's fine. But I'm I'm not going to search it out. I will make my kids listen to this. Album. Th- that's fine. And, and I have records that I will force upon my children, even if they don't like want to hear that i'm like no you have to hear this i totally get that i think as parents we would be doing them a disfavor if we did not do that with some of our favorite albums yeah but out there please tell us what do you think is it uh the white album abbey road is it revolver is it uh rubber soul sergeant peppers none of the above do you hate the beatles hate the beatles do you love the beach boys do you like the hollies instead or whoever else there you go why don't you also go on our socials and tell Jay how wrong he is and how right I am? Uh, yeah, or you can get back and uh, tell Ryan the same. But anyways, <laughs> you can check out our Spotify playlist, of course. And uh, yeah, just listen to these tunes so you know where music came from. I'll leave it at that. Definitely go and support the Beatles. Support everything they've ever written, download, buy, whatever it is that that is out there that you can get your hands on. All the re-releases of their vinyls. Go ahead and pick them all up. Support the artist. All the time, no matter what we say about the record, please support the artist. There's a cool Cirque du Soleil show still in Vegas, too. What's if that got to do with in, the Beatles? No, there's a Beatles Cirque du Soleil show. Oh, so John, and well, John's dead, sorry. So Ringo's flying around, and he's like swinging. No, it's a Cirque du Soleil I, with the music watch of Watch what the, I can do. It's the music of the <laughs> Look at <Beatles>. me. <laughs> it's it's the music of the Beatles. So they, they kind of did a big mashup of all these songs, oh, a lot okay. of the Beatles songs, about 10, 15 years ago. And there's, oh, a, that'd be cool. there's a show called Love in Vegas. My wife and I went to see it. Oh. I admit, it's not the best Cirque du Soleil show. But if you really like the Beatles music, no. go see Love in, in Las Vegas. Well, I would love to not see that. <laughs> Ryan's a big fan of the Beatles, as you can tell. <laughs> so you now, now know why I gave this album. But anyways, let there us know what go. you think. And uh, next week, we've got another great album coming out. Yeah, really That's good. That's Ryan's take. Yep, yep. Next week, we have uh, Not A Surf's Let Go. So hopefully, you'll join us for that. Uh, great indie record. Let's just go ahead and say that if you know what the next record's going to be, go out there and listen to it beforehand so that you know what we're talking about if you don't know the record. And see how this week's album influenced that album. Ooh. Until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Jeremy. Thank you so much for joining us. Deuces. We are out. Deuces.